Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We are beginning a new series today. How many are excited about a new series? Three-week series. And I'm excited about it. It's called Insider Trading. And just, I'm going to give you guys a sneak preview. I did with a few people earlier this morning. I'm going to do it here with us again as we start here. Uh, we got a three-week series called Insider Trading that we're going to do. It has a lot to do with finances and wealth. I don't speak a lot. If you're a guest with us, I don't speak a lot on money. But once in a while I do, and this is the series that we're doing that on. After this, we have two weeks of missions emphasis that we have some really powerful speakers that we're bringing in uh, from the mission field that are just going to be able to share from their heart and it's going to impact your life. And then when we go into December, we're starting a new series that is so cool. It's called Stories of Hope. I think it's going to be the highlight of the year, this series, and I don't want you to miss that. It's five weeks during Christmas time. We all need greater hope, and especially during Christmas time, there's an opportunity to be able to share hope. So that's just some information about what we're heading to here in the near future. But today our series is insider trading. The definition of insider trading is this. It's the illegal use of information available only to insiders in order to make a profit in financial trading. The idea is that you are able to use private or secret information for your personal gain, which for the most part, it is illegal in publicly traded companies. In the Bible, you can read about different topics where Jesus gives us insider information. Many times, Jesus uses parables to share that insider information. It's information that comes straight from the top, and only those closest to Jesus will understand or comprehend the meaning of the parable or the meaning of that inside information. Many people hear about information, but many people truly never understand it. But if you apply these insider tips into your life, guess what? It can change your life dramatically. Mark writes these words in Mark chapter 4, verses 33 and 34. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, he would, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Today, as we read God's word, guess what? It's the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, that reveals the truth of his word into our lives. It's absolutely a form of insider trading. We're getting information from God himself, downloading to us so that we can comprehend, understand. It's what happens when we get a revelation from the word of God. All of a sudden, it starts to be illuminated. We're getting inside information. The cool thing, this is not illegal. You're not going to go to jail for it. Amen. In fact, guess what? It, you are encouraged to grab a hold of this inside information because it can change your life. But Jesus many times put it in the form of parables. Remember the scripture, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The idea of this series is to uncover that inside information that the Bible gives us for our advantage, for our profit. We are going to focus mainly on the area of finances and wealth, but not necessarily completely. There's going to be other areas where I'm going to jump into, but mainly in that area. Many times when it comes to finances or wealth or, 
a lot of times, man, people want to shy away from that, especially in the church. Why is the church always talking about money? Man, it seems like church is always focused on money. Why is that so? Why do you have to, Pastor Tom, speak on the area of money? And what happens in a pastor's life, can I give you some inside information in a pastor's life? Many times a pastor starts to fear the topic of money. When he starts to speak on it, he starts to shy away from it because he knows that people don't want to talk about money. I want to just come to church and praise God and bless God, and I want, but I don't want to talk about money. Yet 16 of the 38 parables that we find in the gospel, guess what? Jesus references money, wealth, stewardship. 16 out of 38. 2,000 scriptures in the Bible have something to do with money, wealth, and stewardship. Why would Jesus use that as part of his topic when he's sharing to the people? Why would Jesus reference money so often? Was it because Jesus was a greedy person and selfish and obsessed with money and possessions? Or maybe Jesus wanted all of his followers to be multimillionaires? Yeah. Oh, none of you guys wanted to do that. Okay. Maybe he wanted all of us to be self-sufficient so that we wouldn't have to rely on anybody else but self. I believe we know that neither of those answers reflect the heart or the motives of Jesus. There has to be a greater reason. One reason Jesus shared on the topic of money was because it was a major topic of the culture of the day. Just like it's a major topic for our culture. Jesus is a great teacher. He is going to use the major topics of the day and to focus on those things and to bring them into other stories so that you can relate to those stories. Throughout time, money, wealth, and possessions remain a leading topic of the culture of each day. It doesn't matter how far back in time or how far. Guess what? Money, possessions, stewardship, that whole idea, possessions, wealth, is a major, major topic of culture. Just for fun, I was uh, on my iPhone the other day, and I was looking through my iPhone, and I was preparing this message. I thought, I wonder how many apps I have on my phone that deal with wealth, finances, stewardship. Yeah. So I looked at it. Guess what? I have eight different apps on my phone that deal with all those type of topics. If you look at your phone, if you have a smartphone, you look at your phone, you'll discover how many different topics that you have on wealth and just in your phone, I was kind of amazed. The insider trading tip that we are going to examine today is the statement that Jesus shares in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to... That's the insider trading tip for the day. Most of us have probably heard that saying. Maybe you grew up as a child and your parents said that statement. Johnny, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Give your toy away. Give your... And I still hold that against my mom because I had all these Hot Wheel cars that are probably worth thousands and thousands of dollars a day. And she made me give that away and my original G.I. Joe set. And so just saying, you know, those are the things that it's better to give than to receive, Tommy. Yeah, it is. Okay, mom. Most of us probably have heard that statement. But Why? Why are we more blessed when we give? Why are we more blessed when we give? Why would it be? If I come down right now, Yesenia, I'm going to give you this $20 bill. You're going to take it, right? Go ahead and take it. Take it. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm waiting. I'm trying to decide if I feel more blessed right now because I gave my $20 away. <laughs> Do you feel blessed right now because you, gave, you got that money? Yeah, right? I'm just making a point. It doesn't make a lot of sense what Jesus says. And yet we just kind of accept it as is. We just say, oh, Jesus says, well, it's more blessed to give than receive. And I'm thinking, I don't even want that back, money back. I'm just going to, that's yours, okay? That's just a gift from Pastor Tom today. Maybe later on. No, I won't. No, it's yours. It's yours. <laughs> but I give that illustration because so many times we just listen to a statement and we don't even dive into the meaning. Why is it more blessed? Because she's the receiver. She gained something. Isn't she more blessed? I'm the giver. I lost something. Actually, Stephanie gave me the money, so actually it's Stephanie's $20 bill, but it's okay. She lost something. Giver, receiver. Isn't it more blessed to receive than to give? But Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. The majority of people spend their entire lives trying to accumulate wealth and possessions. Our lives are focused on receiving, gaining, getting, no one tries to lose their wealth or possessions. If you are, come talk to me. I will help you, okay, if you're trying to lose your wealth or possessions. But most of us do not try to lose our wealth. Doesn't the Bible state that we are to be good stewards of what God has given us? At least that's what Dave Ramsey says. I believe Dave Ramsey. Yet Jesus says giving is greater than receiving. Here is a really important distinction that many times is so simple so simple, but many times we just have a tendency to forget this truth, this statement. There is a big difference between losing money and giving money. There is a big difference between losing money and giving money. Losing money is poor stewardship. It's a waste of God's resources. Giving money is a part of God's stewardship plan for our lives. Giving is not wasteful. For the rest of our time here, we're going to look at that question. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? And the first thought I want to share with you is this. Because giving displays obedience. God's very nature is giving. Throughout the Bible, you will see many different commands about giving. It has always been a part of God's design that his children would be givers. Let me give you a couple of examples. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was encouraging the people to give. But he was encouraging, don't give with the intent of being seen. Too many people want to give so that they could be praised. I'm going to give. I'm going to, hey, this is what, here, I got $20. I'm going to give it. I want everybody to see my $20 I'm giving because I want to be praised. I want to be seen and it's important. And Jesus says, I don't want you to give for that purpose. I want, to, I want you to give because it's right. Listen to the words that Jesus says. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. My point is this. Catch that very first phrase. But when, I should have underlined it, you give, notice the word he used, when. He didn't use the word if, but if you give, he says when you give, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. There is an expectation in the words of Jesus that his children are going to be givers. In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus calls out the scribes and the Pharisees. He calls them out as hypocrites. Because they were so obsessed. Catch this. You might have never heard the story. 
The scribes and Pharisees were so obsessed with tithing, giving 10% of their income, that they were even tithing off of their spices. If they had cumin or whatever spices that they had, they would tithe off of their spices. Yet they were neglecting the really important matters of justice and mercy. And Jesus calls them out for it. They were using their tithes as a symbol of their righteousness. See, here's another scenario. We can't expect money is going to buy our relationship with God or our money is going to open up the heavens. Guess what? That's not, it's the grace of Jesus Christ and grace God, the grace of God only. And it's our faith tied into Christ that gives us the opportunity to go into heaven, our faith in Jesus Christ. Money is a, just a totally different subject that God gives us as a resource so that we can use to, do, to really further the kingdom of God. To be, to be frank about it. But notice that when Jesus makes that statement about tithing, about you hypocrites, you're obsessed with tithing from, the, you know, from every part of your income, he makes this statement at the very end of the verse. He says, you should tithe. Amen. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And what, I, what I'm just sharing in this thought is this. There's an expectation that you should give. That you should give. But don't neglect more the more important things in life. One of the reasons it's more blessed to give than to receive is because it displays our obedience to God. And God blesses obedience. Another reason for giving is because giving requires sacrifice. God is a giver. Not just in small things. God gave his one and only son for our salvation Jesus was sent to earth, died on a cross for your sins and my sins. It was the benefit of all. God is a big giver. Sacrifice is good for us. It, be, it builds character into our lives. Receive something. Catch this. When you receive something, it requires no sacrifice. You just get. When you give something, it requires sacrifice. Why is it better to give than to receive? I'm trying to share you that truth right now. When you receive, it's great, but it requires no sacrifice. But when you give, it requires sacrifice in your life. And sacrifice will change a person's life. It will make you less dependent on self and more dependent upon God. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us less dependent on ourselves, and he wants us more dependent on God. He wants us less dependent on our job. He wants us more dependent on him. He wants us less dependent on our home. He wants us more dependent on him. Do you understand what happens in our life? And this is why Jesus talks so much about money, possessions, and wealth. It's because what many times the wealth and money and possessions get in the way of understanding and knowing who our God truly is. What happens, we put our faith in those things instead of putting our faith in God. When you sacrifice, it changes who you are. It changes you from the inside out because you're letting go of self and you're starting to think about God and you're starting to think about others. One of the great stories found in the Bible is, re is regarding the giving is the sacrifice that was given in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus was watching the rich put their gifts into the offering box. And then he saw a poor widow with two small coins. One of these days, we're probably going to do this, just to mess things up a little bit. But in those days, they had an offering box that sat in front of the synagogue. And people would come from the back, and they'd put their offering, and Jesus is literally sitting there watching. Aren't you glad Pastor Tom doesn't sit here and watch your offerings come in? Jesus is literally sitting there, 
And he sees a widow that brings in two small copper coins, and she puts them into the offering bucket, the offering basket, the offering, whatever it was, receptacle. And Jesus makes a statement, and it's a learning point for his disciples. He tells them in Luke chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she has. The sacrifice of giving will impact your life. It declares that your trust is not in your money, but your trust is in God. Remember this truth. Your money, my money, which is actually God's money. Amen. You just say it that way to make it impact. Is temporary. God is eternal. And he holds the rest of your life in his hands. I would suggest to put your trust in God instead of putting your trust in money. Your eternity is dependent upon it. It leads me to my next thought. Why is it more important to give? Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Because giving requires faith. When you sacrificially, sacrificially give, you're giving with a belief that God will provide. It's truly living by faith, and God desires that each of his children will live by faith. I'm not saying that you should go home and sell all of your possessions, sell all your house, sell everything that you have, and, and you know, take all your savings out and, and, and download your 401k and give it all away. I'm not saying that you should, and if you do give it all away, please give it to South Coast Christian. But I'm not saying that you should do that. But would you? Would you? Because Jesus came to the rich young ruler, or the rich young ruler actually came to Jesus. How do I inherit the kingdom of God? How do I have eternal life? And Jesus told the rich young ruler, go sell all of your possessions, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And he couldn't do it. Why? That is such a powerful story. That is such a powerful story in the Gospels. Why is that so important? Because the rich Jesus knew the rich young ruler loved money more than he loved God. And he had to get that reversed. He was given him an opportunity to have a major life change in his life. But he couldn't do it because he was so attached to money. So unless God tells you to sell everything, I'm not telling you to do that. But what I am saying is this. When God speaks to us to give, we should have enough faith to believe that God will provide. We probably already have the provision, but we get nervous about our future. If I give, how am I going to afford that new car that I so desperately need? If I give, how am I going to afford college? If I give, how am I going to afford to buy a house? If I give, how am I going to afford to retire? Guess what? There are three items that I just listed that I'm still dealing with today. Today. Sometimes you've got to just put your trust in God. Put God first. Doesn't mean that you're not good stewards. You should still be good stewards of the money God gives you. But you still need to put God first. In fact, what I have found in my life, I have become a better steward of God's money when I put him first. And I end up actually having more than what I ever would. I believe in my whole heart, because we've been givers for so many years. I have more than I would have ever had if I would have tried to kept it for myself. Because God continues to provide See, all those thoughts of 
I need a new car, I need college, I need, I need to buy a house, I need to, how am I going to afford to retire? All those thoughts have a tendency to bring a spirit of lack or scarcity onto our lives. They tend, us to, lead, they tend to lead us towards fear and not faith. Does that, did you catch that? That was a really good point. I think you guys missed it. When we start worrying about how am I going to buy a car, how am I going to buy a house, how am I going to retire, what happens, we tend to all of a sudden be leading by fear instead of by faith. God wants us to lead with faith. The reason this is so important is because the spirit of lack or fear leads us towards closing our hands. When you have a spirit of fear or lack in our, in our life, we end up having a tendency to close our hands. We do this, mine, 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 like a little two-year-old. Every once in a while, I get that way. Don't touch certain things in my life. Oh, no, 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 mine, 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 mine. When we all of a sudden lead with faith, what happens in our lives, all of a sudden God opens our hands. And now we're serving like this with an open hand. And the cool thing, with an open hand, we're able to give. But guess what? With an open hand, you're able to receive as well. With a closed hand, you can't give and you can't receive. God wants us to open our hands in faith. Listen to the words that Jesus shared in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The first sentence says everything. Give, and it will be given to you. We either choose to believe God's word, or we don't. That's every one of our choices. Your choice, my choice. You either, you either choose to believe God's word or you choose not to. You have to make a choice. That's up to you. That's not your pastor's choice. I have to make my own choices. How I'm going to obey God or how I'm going to listen to God's word, I have to choose that. I am just a mouthpiece of information from God's word. That's it. You have to process it. You have to apply it with your faith. You have to make a choice of how you're going to respond to God's word. This scripture does not just apply to our money. This scripture applies to every area of our life. Give, and it will be given to you. Give forgiveness, guess what? You'll receive forgiveness. It's the law of sowing and reaping. If you never sow anything, you'll never reap anything. It takes faith for a farmer. If you haven't, I grew, I didn't grow up on a farm. Eh. My grandpa had a farm. So I didn't grow up on a farm, but I visited a farm on a regular basis. And what took place was that they would reserve seed back so that they could throw it out. In fact, when we went to Haiti, Pastor Johnny and I went to Haiti about five years ago, they were actually training the farmers this principle. They were training this, this thing. When they developed their crops, they would, have them, they would take their crops in. They would take 10% of their crops, and they would feed the hungry with it. They would, they would help the community with 10% of their crops. They would take another 10% of their crops, and they would hold it back so that they would have seed for next year's harvest. And then 80% was what they were supposed to live on. And they were actually teaching this principle to the farmers in Haiti, and it's making a huge difference. It's all happening through Convoy of Hope. It's something that we support here as a church. I believe in it because they're making a difference in the world. They're making a difference in poverty. And when I see that take place in our lives, it reminds us, you know, the farmer could take 100% of his seed... Because, man, this is awesome. I have a little extra. I can do all that. But guess what? If he doesn't hold back part of that seed, guess what? He will have no future next year. He will have no crop. He has to put 10% or or whatever amount of that seed out there so that he can have a harvest for the following year. You see, giving enriches our faith. 
Giving enriches our faith. It grows our faith. If you never give, if you don't give forgiveness, guess what? You're probably not going to be enriched in forgiveness. If you don't give mercy, guess what? You're probably not going to be enriched in mercy. If you don't give of the possessions that God gives you, guess what? You're going to watch your possessions, your things, either fade away or they're going to be, this is what happens so many times, they're just going to be worthless to you. Because nothing around you ever really matters. Because you haven't given anything. You haven't made life matter. Giving makes life matter. Giving enriches your faith. Another blessing of giving is this. Giving displays God's love. When we give, we are displaying the love of God. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he... For God so loved the world that he... Probably the most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3, 16. It was a, it's really a symbol of what God desires from our lives is that we are givers. One of the ways that we show love is through our giving. If you love your spouse, you give. If you love your children, you give. If you love others, you give. If you love your pastor, you give. I threw that. It wasn't in my notes, but I just decided it just whew, came right to me. Try to make it light, okay? Just humorous. Go with me. The parable of the Good Samaritan is a beautiful story of giving that displayed God's love to a stranger. If you haven't read that story for a while, man, I encourage you, read the parable of the Good Samaritan, where someone that he actually probably should have hated was broken and robbed and beaten, and he, took, he gave of his time and he gave of his possessions to help that man. It was a stranger, and it displays the love of God. It was a love that was demonstrated through sacrifice of time and finances. I read a really cool story the other day that happened this last year. I guess there's a donut shop in Seal Beach. I don't know if you, any of you heard this story, but there's a donut shop in Seal Beach, and there's a couple that owns that donut shop. They've owned it for like 30 years, and they actually operate the donut shop. And Customers would come in faithfully every, you know, every day, and they buy their donuts from this donut shop. And one day, all of a sudden, the customers started noticing that, that all of a sudden, where's your wife? Uh, where's, where's, where's your spouse? She's not here. I don't see her. She's always here. Where's she at? And, and the, the owner of the donut shop explained to them that she had an aneurysm and that she was actually in a, a, a rehab center. And he would go after, after work, after he closed the donut shop, he would be able to go and spend a little bit of time with her before he'd have to come back. Start making the donuts. You know, donut, that's a tough job. I don't know if you know that. They get up there like at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. They start making the donuts. They open up like at 5 a.m. They work through the day. They close down like at 2 or 3. And, and then they have to sleep at some point. And, and so when the customers started to hear about the story about this man and his wife who had been in the community for 30 years, where they, you know, they've just been an important part of the community, the customers started to spread the news about what had taken place with his wife. And they started getting an idea, and they started saying, let's go buy a dozen donuts early in the morning. Let's buy out his shop every single day. That's what they did. They would wake up early in the morning, 6.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. They would go down. They wouldn't buy their usual one donut. They'd say, give me a dozen donuts. And by 9.30, 10 a.m., he would be sold out so that he would have extra time because he could close his shop, go and spend that time with his wife. And I thought... I don't even know these people, if they are Christians or not. But I'll tell you what, that is displaying God's love. What an amazing story of God's love. Another reason 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because giving advances God's kingdom. There is nothing greater than advancing the kingdom of God. Have you ever wondered how Jesus supported his ministry? How the disciples made, because all you hear about the stories that they're going out and they're healing people. They're, how are they eating? How are they supporting their ministry? We don't know all the details, but we do know this, that he received financial support from many women. Did you know that women were supporting the ministry of Jesus? Let me read the story to you. Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. The lives of these women were so radically transformed that they started following Jesus and the disciples, and they started financially supporting their ministry. They were financially supporting the kingdom of God. They were using their own resources to help fund the ministry of Jesus. Through their giving, they were advancing the kingdom. Annette, can you throw my phone up here real quick? Let me, let me illustrate to you today. Because sometimes I think we have a hard time putting things into practical understanding. How many have an iPhone here today? Do you have an iPhone? A lot of you guys do. Or maybe some of you have a smartphone. I have an iPhone. And um, if you bought an iPhone, you're investing into that business. You are making that business successful. Nothing wrong with it. I love my, I love is too harsh of a word. If it is, I need to get rid of my iPhone, so I can't say love. I really appreciate my iPhone. <laughs> Why do you appreciate your iPhone, Pastor Tom? Because I would rather lose my wallet than my iPhone. It's important to me. I can do my banking on here. I keep my calendar on here. I can do my emails on here. I can message people from all around the world on here. It is so, they have done a phenomenal job at keeping me in, in, in connection with the world, with people, whatever. Sometimes I need to put it away. I know that. But it's an important piece. And I've invested into Apple. And I'm making them successful. These women, all of a sudden, they were being invested by Jesus. Jesus changed their lives. Mary Magdalene, seven demons were cast out of her. Guess what? If seven demons came out of me, I'd be forever grateful to Jesus. They were being healed of terrible diseases. You've got to remember, back in those days, doctors didn't do anything, but they usually made you worse. They were not great. They didn't have the medical science that we have today. It was, it was like more of a butcher shop going to a doctor in those days. So when Jesus came by and healed someone, guess what? They were, man, their lives were radically changed. Because of the product that Jesus was giving, not even to say about the forgiveness of sins, the salvation of their, their souls, they were willing to invest into the kingdom of God like never before. See, in America, we invest in many things. I spent whatever that was, $700, $800 for that iPhone. Why does it cost that much money? Can anybody tell me that? I bet you they make that for 50 bucks. I don't know. It's like, wow. 
but we invest in those things that are important to us. Oh, that's good right there. We invest into those things that are important to us. God wants to see that he's important. Amen. And it's important that we invest into his kingdom. I've made that point long enough. I'm moving on. Amen. Let me share this, though. When you give to this church, you're investing into children. You're investing into youth. You're investing into missionaries all around the world that are serving. You're investing into people. Because people come here on a Sunday morning, they're searching for something. And this is the place they can find Christ. So you're investing into the kingdom of God when you put your money and invest into this church. The last thought that I want to share with you today, and then we're dismissed. Don't be so excited. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Giving is an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. That's why it's more important to give than to receive. Receiving is not necessarily an act of worship. You can receive and be awesome and you can be blessed. Thoughts coming to me. When you receive, you are being blessed. But when you give, you are blessing God. Does that make sense? When you receive, you are being blessed, but when you give, you're really blessing God because he sees you as his creation, and when you are giving to others, when you help the church, when you give to a poor person, when you, when you give of your time, when you help someone move, when you, whatever it might be, God sees that, and it blesses his heart because he sees his children. Doesn't it bless your heart when your child or your grandchild all of a sudden opens up their hands and gives? Instead of going, oh, mine, mine. Remember that? Remember those days? Oh, I'm so glad I'm past those days, babe. Mine, 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 mine. Boy, all of a sudden, Jesus is mine. Mine, 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 mine. God wants us to get to the place in our lives where we open our hands and we give. There's an amazing story found in Acts chapter 10 where an angel of the Lord came to Cornelius' house who was a Roman officer. Cornelius was known for generously giving to the poor and consistently praying to God. Cornelius was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, a non-Jewish person. At that point in the ministry, the focus was mainly on the Jewish people. Christ came for the Jewish people to give them salvation, to show them a Savior. But there was always a plan to open up the arms to the Gentiles, to the non-Jewish people. And Cornelius was the man that was chosen on that day because that he was consistently giving to the poor and praying to God. Acts 10, chapter 4, or Acts 10, verse 4 says, these are, this, these are Jesus' words through an angel. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Just hit me right there. When you give, can you imagine Christ say, your gifts have been received. They've been accredited to your account. I see what you're doing, Cornelius. And guess what? Because of what you're doing, Cornelius, I am going to open up the heavens to all people. Cornelius, Peter is coming, and he's had a vision. And he has a vision that the gospel is no longer just for the Jews, but it's for the Gentiles, it's for all people. Because I see your heart. I see how you've opened up your hands to the poor. I see how you pray out to me, and I'm answering your request. When we give, 
It's a form of worship to God. And when we worship God, he watches, he sees. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving is an opportunity to let your light shine. It's an opportunity to take action, not just words, but action. Put action behind your words to let your light shine to those who need Jesus. That's the insider trading tip of the day. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving will change your life. Don't let fear or the enemy keep you from giving. I let faith rise up in you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that your word is powerful. It can impact our lives. It changes us from the inside out. I pray today, God, as the word was shared, that, Lord God, it will penetrate our mind, it will penetrate our heart. It just won't just be dormant. But, God, I pray it will be alive and effective. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus' name, would be bring revelation into people's minds and their hearts, Lord God, so when they see money, when they look at money, when they look at wealth, when they look at the provisions that you have provided, God, they will see it differently. Not as things that we, that we own, but, God, as gifts that you have given to us. God, we are grateful for all that you do in our lives. We love you, Lord. We praise you, God, today. We worship you, Lord, today. With head bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. I'm not going to ask for salvation today. But I love to respond to God's word. If you ever wonder, why, Pastor Tom, do you? I want us to respond to the word of God in faith. Because I know when we respond to God's word, there's something miraculously that takes place in our lives. Something miraculously takes place. So I want to give you the opportunity to respond to God's word today. If you're here today, and I'm not going to write down names, I'm not going to, but you're just saying, Pastor Tom, I struggle with this area of my life. I want to give, I want to be more giving, but man, I'm always, it seems to, fear seems to jump in on me, and it starts to distract me. And if you want to be a person that is more faith-filled in that area of their life, there's a person in this audience today, I preached a message on giving probably five, six years ago. She all of a sudden took on the mantle and she started giving like never before. And God poured out blessings that she could never imagine in her life in so many different ways. And she said, Pastor Tom, I can't. It's amazing what God is doing. It's because she stepped out in faith. I have multiple stories like that within this church. And I want you to have that opportunity. But man, if you struggle with fear today, Pastor Tom, I just struggle with my fear. And you want to break that fear off your life. I want you to raise your hand real high and I'm going to say a prayer with you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that. Several hands. I see that hand. Now, with your hand raised, I want in your heart, I want you to ask God, God, give me faith right now for this prayer. And we're going to say this prayer. God, give me faith for this prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray right now. Thank God for every person with their hand raised. That God, faith would arise in them in a greater way than ever before. Not just for their finances, God. But I pray faith for every area of their life, Lord God. I speak against fear in Jesus' name. That fear will no longer rule or direct their life. 
but God, that faith will. Faith for, Lord God, salvation of their friends and their family. Lord God, faith for healing in Jesus' name, Lord God. Faith for forgiveness, Lord God. Faith for love, Lord God. Faith for relationships, Lord God. Faith for their finances, Lord God. Whatever area where they have all of a sudden allowed fear to take control, I pray in Jesus' name right now that that will be broken off their life. And Lord, the scripture that you shared is more blessed to give than to receive will become revelation to them in a way that they've never experienced before in their life. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of this church, South Coast Christian. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.